right, well, on the podcast today, I'm joined by my girlfriend and my travel buddy, Sarah Graves. So, Sarah, welcome to the podcast, finally. Thanks for having me, Mitko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so strange because we were sitting in our apartment. Without air conditioning. Without air conditioning, yes. And uh, Sarah's never been on a podcast before, so this is going to be <laughs> As really far fun. as you know. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so what we wanted to do is to just kind of chat about what our plans are uh, for the rest of the summer because... This is our last week in our apartment here in Cincinnati, and we are moving out. There's boxes all over us, not all over us, all around <laughs> us. Uh, and so, yeah, we just wanted to share with you guys what our plans are um, for the rest of the summer. So, Sarah, are you excited? A little sad, a little excited, very excited, but a little sad. Why so are you a little sad? So, for those of you that don't know, originally it was, I basically begged Mitko to get an apartment back in I mean it's been a long time that I've been asking you to do that but back in January I said okay let's stay in Cincinnati for a year you know get our routines down I had just moved into a new position in my job and I was like okay let's get our our routine set let's get our roots established a little bit whatever whatever that means and I begged Mitko to settle down for a year to get an apartment and we knew that we were going to be gone from august to september it was originally supposed to be two months august september yep so we said okay well you know we're gonna have to pay rent during them but whatever we'll deal with that two months of rent down the toilet and then we were here and we loved it and it's a beautiful perfect apartment and the people except are around, no ac except for the no ac that's very important <laughs> and it's a bit outdated but to me it's perfect it's my perfectly imperfect little place and I always get restless and I started to get restless about two months in. <laughs> yeah. We moved in in April. Sorry. Go ahead. We've been planning to like stay here throughout the year and like kind of keep it like you were saying. And then what was it like about a month ago? <laughs> you were like, Miko, I changed my mind. I want to go. Well, it was, it was a little bit before that because we were, so we moved in in April mm -hmm. and I think it was by end of May where I got my typical restless Sarah in my typical fashion and decided that I needed to go. So I tried to fulfill that by booking an impulsive ticket to Italy with Caroline, shout out to Caroline and, you know, booked a ticket to Italy in November, um, just to kind of fulfill that need and, it just it just wasn't working and I was just ready to go and we've always started traveling by May during the year. Yeah, this um, is the latest. We we realize now that it's so hot and humid here in Cincinnati and we're like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? And we realize that it's because we haven't been in Cincinnati the last three years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So we started getting, long story short, I started typically, as typical, got really restless and I sent a text to Mitko. I specifically remember sending this text saying, do you just want to say, fuck it. Can I say fuck? Okay. Say fuck it. <laughs> I said, do you just want to say fuck it and get rid of the apartment and extend our trip to four months instead of two. And he is of course on board. So that is where we are. We are now moving out four months after we moved in. Yeah. And so, uh, 
that's Caroline, by the way. We just mentioned Caroline. That's <laughs> Caroline and Ian um, from Life Nomading, who we're doing a. They're gonna be with us for a majority of the time. Actually, yeah. we're in Europe, uh, and we're gonna talk about essentially everything that we're doing this summer uh, from the moment that we leave here in Cincinnati. Uh, we'll give you guys some dates. Uh, so if anyone's listening and you realize that we're going to be in the same place during those dates, hit me up um, for okay. sure. Or Sarah. That's right. So, okay. We're moving out. Uh, we're packing up in boxes. We're taking all the stuff over to my parents' house. Thank you, mom and dad, Danielle and Deutschen, for Love keeping yep for keeping our <laughs> stuff uh, while we're gone. But, okay, Sarah, where do we go from, and also for you guys that don't know this, um, I always talk about this with our friends, but for anybody who doesn't know, Sarah is a flight savant. Uh, <laughs> she finds all of our flights, and we can talk about some of the f- ticket prices that we found as well, if you want to mention that, Sarah. Um, but, okay, so we leave Cincinnati this Sunday, right? Yep. And where are we going from there? So we are flying on Monday. We are going to go stay with our friend in Chicago for a night and hang out with him. Um, and our friend Zeke, who we met in Varna. Yes. So shout out Zeke. Shout out to Zeke. And um, we are going to go stay with him for a night. And then we are flying out of Chicago on Monday, Monday afternoon. Which, by the way, we um, we always fly out of Chicago because it's if you live in a Cincinnati's not small, but if you live in a smaller city, it's you got to find the bigger airports because it's going to be like half the price. So yeah, it's a big hub with a lot of flight options. So usually tends to have the lower prices. Correct. And what we do is take a really cheap mega bus. I think sometimes we pay $5 for a one-way ticket um, on the mega bus and from Cincinnati to Chicago. And then we fly to Chicago. But anyways, we are flying out of Chicago and going to London. Mm Mm-hmm. So we scored those flights for $150 per person on United nonstop. One of my one of my good ones for sure. Um, so we're there, I think we're only there for two days or something. Um, and then we're flying to Ireland. Going to go all over Ireland from Cork to Galway, meet up with Ian and Caroline, and then head over to Dublin. Who knows if we're getting to Bulgaria at this point because we're going in like a week or two and we have not bought our tickets to Bulgaria because Sarah was not being a f- smart flight finder. And waited Yeah, so we <laughs> still don't have our flights from Ireland to Varna, right? So if anyone sees a good deal, so just hit me up. So it's a week from now. <laughs> um, well, this is not going to, this is going to go out probably while we're in England. But I think one of the interesting things that people might be a little bit interested about is like, okay, so you and I both work online. So how is it that we are going to be in England and Ireland and kind of bouncing around and still be able to get work done? Like, what is your strategy for that? So I think that, first of all, before you even begin, the number one thing is finding a job where, A, you're able to work on different time zone schedules and B, that your team and whoever you work under, they're okay with it. Um, and sometimes that does involve building up a little bit of trust. Like I've been with, um, my company for over two years now and they, I've, we've been traveling and they know, um, you know, I get my work done and whatever. So that's a really important thing. And then I'd say the most important thing is just communication, whether that's setting, um, times where you're going to be working at, you know, I think we'll be working later in the afternoon a little bit more this year, um, and just it's just setting those times and communicating those times with whoever's back home or wherever. That's just the the communication. And um, I 
I've talked to, um, to my people at work and they, you know, say it's also a benefit almost sometimes because they wake up and all my stuff is done or a big chunk of my stuff that I have to do is done. And if they get to the end of the day and they didn't want to finish these few tasks, I can have that done by the time they wake up. So it can actually be beneficial. Um, yeah. And along that point, a lot of people look at remote workers being on different time zones as a negative. And like you said, it can be a positive um, because, you know, like depending on what you do, you know, if they don't overlap, it can actually be a good thing. But also, like, I find that that time when the rest of your team is not awake and you get those two or three hours of super focused work and nobody's, like, pinging you on Slack can be some of the most productive hours of work and you can get a lot of things done. Um, there's actually, I think it's Rework. I think that's what the book is called. Uh, I'm going to put this... Uh, in the show notes, but uh, it's by the guys who founded uh, Basecamp, and they talk about how actually the perfect amount of time is to have an overlap of about like two or three hours because then you can get everything communicated over to your team, but you still get that time alone by yourself to um, to like work on those focus things. And um, so for me, I'm planning on working in the mornings, and then when everybody is asleep, we get to continue working for a couple hours and then take essentially like what would be our normal evening break in the U.S. We take in the middle of the day, which is great because it gives you time to do stuff and then do a couple more hours of work at night. Also on that point, too, I think it's important to have like we just really started integrating Asana and those those I don't know um, if you're familiar with Asana, but like templates. Yeah, but even just having tasks for you to mark off and not saying, you know, not me not having to say talk to somebody and say, what do I have to do today? But having it all laid out in a list and, mm -hmm. um, you know, Kelly, the woman I kind of, who kind of manages me, she can just put it everything at the end of the day. If I'm not awake or I'm sleeping cause we're on different, different time zones, she can have all those waiting for me the next morning and I can knock them off. So it's kind of like, like you said, beneficial. I mean, we have people working around the clock almost. So, um, I think it definitely can be really beneficial. Um, but yeah. And on that point, last point on this is that, um, I think it's really important to over communicate in those situations because the downfall of that is that like, let's say I get a task, like you said, or that I leave a task for someone and they have a question and I'm not there to answer because I'm asleep. So you always want to like over communicate in these cases, like say like, Oh, and in case you need this, like here it is. And if you need that, here it is. And then that reduces the chances of the person that you're talking with or that you're creating tasks for not having the information they need to get the work done. But okay, with that, we are going back to our travel plan. Uh, we're going to be in Ireland. Like you said, we're doing Galway, Cork, and then Dublin. Cork, Galway, Dublin. But Okay, Cork, Galway, Dublin. Okay. And then from there, our plan is to go to Bulgaria. Yep. Uh, where we've spent almost every summer so far uh, once we find our flights, that is. Otherwise, mm. we might be swimming. Thanks. Um, and then what is the plan for Bulgaria? So we'll be there. Um, we'll probably get there beginning of August during the second early second week of August. Um, and we will be hanging out with uh, Miko's grandma, Maminka, her <laughs> wonderful cat who I'm absolutely in love with. That's a story for another time. But um, which we picked up off the streets. Long story again, short, another <laughs> story for yes. another time. <laughs> and so we'll be hanging out with them for um, a few weeks, and then Ian and Caroline are going to join us 
late in the second week of August. Um, and then we are having our life nomading uh, Bulgaria trip. Yeah, and that's at the end of August, and it's ending the first week of September. So we're doing how many people do we have now? It's like almost ten people, yeah. right, that are coming with us that we are traveling around um, the Black Sea coast of Bulgaria with. So we're doing Varna, we're doing Suzopol, um, Nesebar as well. I believe we're doing a day there. So that's gonna be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to to that because I've never had that experience before of guiding a trip. I mean. I've shown tons of people around Bulgaria, but never in this organized fashion. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And then after that, so we are into like the second, third week of September. We're actually doing something we've always wanted to do, but we've never gotten to do. And what is that? We are taking a Bulgarian road trip with Ian and Caroline. We're going to be with them for a while this summer, almost Mm -hmm. two months this summer. Um, So we're leaving on the 4th or 5th of September and we're driving all the way from Varna to Sofia. We're not booking any of our accommodation. I don't think we're not, right? Mm -hmm. Except for Sofia. We're not booking any of that um, and just seeing where the Bulgarian mountains take us. (laughs) Yeah, so Sarah and I on our wall right now have this map of 200 tourist sites in Bulgaria. And what we noticed is there's a good number of them that kind of form a line. And so we were talking with Ian and Caroline and we were like, well, why don't we just do that and just hit like a majority of these? So we're starting out from the east in Varna and we're driving west uh, towards Sofia. We're hitting uh, the mountain and then crossing over to the southern side of Varna. Uh, and continuing down that path and we're going to see where we go but eventually we're going to end up in Sofia and that's going to take us a couple of days right like I think like four yeah. or five days we've, we've it's only a it's only a four and a half hour drive five hour drive maybe but um, we're going to take our time and break it up into four or five days yeah so Sarah what Sarah means here is that the entire drive from Varna to Sofia usually takes like five to six hours I think if you were just like do it in one in one like straight shot so uh, we have we can drive an hour to every day and get to a new destination um, and just check out some new places like that. But I'm really excited for that because there's so many things to see in Bulgaria, but because we love Varna so much and like we can't wait to get there that we usually just like skip all those things. We're like, no, like, I want to spend the extra time in, in Varna and wakeboard and go to Kubo and eat delicious food and all that stuff. So we've never actually done any of that. But there was one time where we tried to do it. It's a very quick story, but we had, Miko and I, I think it was last year, had this big, grand, beautiful road trip set up to go to the beautiful mountainous wine country south of Sofia, which is on the complete opposite side of the country where we are typically staying. And we we had a car rented. It wasn't that expensive. I think it was like $100 for three days or something. And we went to go pick up the car. We were so excited. It was going to be so romantic and fun. And we went to go pick up the car. And they tried to tell us it was going to be 800 euros for the deposit for this like shitty little car to go to to drive to uh, Melnik, which is the wine country. And we... Yeah, it was essentially like the returnable deposit that you like put up in order to get it. And... The thing that terrified me about that was like, 
one little scratch that might not even be our fault, but like Bulgaria, it, it is Europe. Like the streets are tighter, the parking spots are tighter. So like one little thing happens to this car and that 800 euros is Gone. is out. Yeah, so- That's we a were, lot of money for a crappy little three day, you know, crappy little car for three days. Yeah, so, and it doesn't yeah. matter how much money you make. It's still like a That's ton a of money, you know, money, to yeah. lose for nothing. Um, and so we decided not to do that. And what we ended up doing is actually taking a bus to Suzopol. We didn't even go home. We just, that's what I love about Mitko is we just immediately went from the, cause the car was at the airport. Mm-hmm. So we immediately went from the airport to the bus station and we were like, all right, where can we go? And we had been to Suzopol before I had been one time and I absolutely loved it. So we had just the best, I mean the best weekend. It was, it was amazing. So yeah, everything worked out. Sometimes those spontaneous things can be um, like the most fun. For sure. But okay, so we get to Sofia and we have like what, like two days there? Yeah. Two or three mm-hmm. days there. Uh, and so Ian and Caroline have never been to Sofia, which they really need to check out. And so after Sofia, we take a flight and go to one of the places that I've been itching to go to. It's a digital nomad hub and it's the place where everybody keeps telling me to go. And that is... Portugal. Yep. And more specifically, we are going to Porto, not Lisbon, because Porto, I feel like I've heard about it being like the slightly less expensive. And I don't know, like it's probably not as many digital nomads as Lisbon, but I feel like it's like, do you feel like it's, it's quite popular? I just feel like everyone says, I mean, they don't say don't go to Lisbon because obviously we want to go to Lisbon, but everyone says this is you know, that's where they wanted to be. So I don't know. I just, I've, I've heard a lot more recommendations to go there than uh, Lisbon. Lisbon. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're doing three weeks total in Porto. Right. And so we have an Airbnb booked out with Ian and Caroline again. Uh, we're kind of travel budding in through Europe this summer with them. Uh, and so we are staying there. We have a sweet Airbnb for three days. Uh, and I'm, we're going to go to Lisbon. Oh, for three days, for three weeks. Good catch. Uh, and so after that, we're we're not after that, but during that three weeks, we're gonna find some time to go to Lisbon because, like, it's a quick train ride away, and we can go for a day or a night or a weekend or whatever. Um, but we'll we'll definitely have to hit that up when we're there. And how much are we paying for that? Do you have the numbers or like off the top of your head how much we're paying for those three weeks? In terms of Airbnb for... I always have the numbers off the top of my head, Mitko. This is my this is my happy place. I, I always have the numbers on the top of my head. But we are paying, I think it was 335 each. And keep in mind, this is for a... This is for two couples. This isn't just some, you know, cheap cheapo place. And it's a really... So two bedrooms, two couples, like really good Airbnb in the middle of the city. Yeah, so essentially that's a hundred bucks a week per mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Like that's yeah. a that's a what does that come out to? Like less than twenty dollars per night per mm-hmm. person, which is pretty nuts. Um so yeah, you can still get very affordable places in Portugal, even though it's a very popular I feel like it's getting um it's becoming a more popular tourist destination. Um and so after Portugal is when Sarah and I this is where we kind of had a little bit of uh, difficulty coming up with something to do or deciding what to do because this was the month that we were supposed to come back after. And we're going to do a short trip to Madrid 
which we've never been to. We've been to Barcelona many times, and we love Barcelona. Um, but where are we going to in October? So, as Miko said, we had difficulty deciding, and that's because we... I don't know. I feel like we've never had this freedom of, it's always been, which I, I love how we do it. It's always been, we're going to stay in Bulgaria and then we're going to travel from there. Use Bulgaria, Varna as our home base and then travel from there. But we've never, I feel like had the, we've, we've just never been able to say, where are we going to go for this whole month? Or not that we haven't been able to, we just haven't done that before. And so this time I literally looked at a map of of Europe and I was like where do I want to go spend a month that's going to be you know cost efficient where you know have we always wanted to go to maybe a new country and so Mick and I were looking at a map and kind of deciding where we wanted to go and we've always always just loved Budapest and we've gone back there how many times times. several times two three times yeah and we we just both just absolutely love it and we've always said we wanted to live there for a month so it kind of came to decision making process of that I feel like a lot of travelers go through is do I want to go somewhere new and explore something else maybe knock another country off my list or do we want to go do this thing that we've always wanted to do and said we'd always do and we know we love it and whatever so we are staying a month in Budapest Mm -hmm. yeah and on that point I think there were three options that we're considering. The first one was, like you said, going to Budapest, which is this thing that, I mean, I remember the first summer that we went to Europe as quote unquote digital nomads, even though at that point, I don't know if either of us believed that this was going to be sustainable. Like you and I were both making like just enough to literally like buy like a little bit of like the cheapest food that we could. If I can be very real, I was making under $400 a month. And yeah. I had to tell my parents that I was going to live in <laughs> Bulgaria. And they were like, but yeah, I mean, I remember that whole summer everywhere that we went, we just lived off of like Duners. Like we just ate Duner kebabs, which is like these, if, if you guys have never been to Europe or somewhere where you can get Duner or some people call it donor, uh, it's this like, euro meets a burrito type of thing that's uh arabic and it's delicious and it's cheap and you can find in every european city um but anyways i remember that summer saying i want to come back here and live here and we had this dream and it's really crazy that now less than three years later like two years later realistically we are going and doing that um but yeah, so we were considering either doing that or going someplace that we've never been and doing that for a month. Or the third option was to actually go back to Bulgaria and just kind of like save some money. But we were like, what the hell? We've always wanted to do this. Let's freaking and do it. And we have the the money to spend on rent now or, yeah. you know, something. And we don't have, we're not getting the $400 a month, not living that life anymore. But Um, something important to note on this too, is a little tip that we learned from our friend, Corey, Corey, if you're listening to this, thanks for this. Um, but he had posted somewhere, I think on Facebook or something that he was staying in Varna, um, in Bulgaria and he had messaged his, he was going to be there for a month or two months or something. And he had messaged his Airbnb host saying, Hey, is there any way that I'm, you know, since I'm staying here long-term that I can have a more discounted rate on this Airbnb? Um, And she, she gave him whatever discount he was asking for. 
Um, and my thought process is like, oh, it's really cool, but it's also Bulgaria. You know, people are a little bit more, it's not as, as popular of a tu- tourist destination, you know. Um, so people might be willing to give that discount yeah, more than you know, places. Yeah, and just, so this time, this is the first time that we've stayed somewhere this long term in an Airbnb, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, like, let's let's give it a shot. Um, nothing and to lose. Nothing to lose. And so I just asked really nicely. I said, hey, is there any way? Um, and so, sorry, side note, they already give you a pretty hefty discount for um, staying for a month. Sometimes it can get up to 30% yeah, off. Yeah, I don't know what the discount depends on, but in different places, I maybe it's up to the Airbnb host. I'm not sure. No, it's, well, yeah, yeah, it's up to, it's yeah. completely up to the host. How but, much so they'll it? offer, so they'll offer either, some have a weekly discount, some have mm-hmm. a monthly discount. Um, it just kind of depends. Not every single thing. Most people do though. It's, I mean, so anyway, so there's already that discount in place. And I think I asked for the Airbnb was supposed to be around $900. Um, and I just asked if we could bring it down to 700 since we we're going to be there for a while. Um, and he was happily, happily agreed. You know, it's easier for him to just rent it out for a month instead of um, trying to find people to fill it throughout the month and deal with cleaning it and whatever. So it's a win-win for both people. Um, and so we got it and we're paying $700 a month mm-hmm. now for a pretty nice apartment. Yeah. It's a really, really great, great location. Place. Um, cute place. So, yeah. And the, I mean the, the thing there is like, it doesn't hurt to try Like if this guy had said like, no, like it's fine. Like we would have probably still gotten it. So, um, you know, it just doesn't hurt to try, but actually I do have to correct where we got that because I do think that Corey and I'm the only reason I'm saying this is because Corey actually gave us two tips on this one. Uh, Corey is the person who also came up with the cancellation of the long-term rentals. He's the one who told me about that. And that was the case with his Varna apartment, I believe. So Corey, if I'm wrong, let me know. Uh, but yeah, so Corey gave us the tip of asking for Airbnb discounts and also what Corey, I believe did in Varna was that he had a long-term rental through the local agencies and then he canceled his apartment and then just paid the cancellation fee and it still came out being way cheaper because real estate rentals are just so much cheaper in Bulgaria. Um, and so he, even with the cancellation fee, he was still able to save a ton of money. So anyways, we're doing a month in Budapest in the Jewish quarters where we're staying, which is our favorite neighborhood there. And I'm super, super excited for that. Um, are you, are you pumped for that? I'm so excited. I really hope they have some fun Halloween uh, oh, I didn't even think. About yeah, that. we're gonna be there for Halloween, so we'll have to see if they have any. We'll have to pack the wig for well, Halloween. Are we, <laughs> are we? I think we leave the thirty first, don't we? Yeah, I think we do actually. Yeah, so we're not gonna be there for Halloween. Well, Halloween weekend. <laughs> anyways, <know>. anyways. <laughs> um, and so from there, TBD. Yeah, TBD. We don't have our flights back yet. So we know we're flying back mid, probably mid-November. Um, yeah, coming back for Thanksgiving. Yeah, before Thanksgiving, and then we'll be home for the holidays. But we have not purchased our flights back yet. So they're pretty cheap, though, from Madrid or Portugal to the States. It's 150 bucks or something. Yeah, and so the point there is, and I think what Sarah's kind of touching on, is that what you you shouldn't care about flying out of the city that you're currently in to get back to the States. Find the cheapest city from Europe to fly back to the States and then get to that city somehow because Ryanair and Wizz Air or train or, I mean, we've done buses before, even though 
you know, our bus, our bus trip was not as much fun and we can get into that story another time. Um, but it's so cheap to travel within Europe with, uh, planes that it just doesn't make sense to pay extra to fly out of wherever you are. So even though we're going to be in Budapest, we know that flights back to the U S are super cheap from Madrid and Barcelona. So we don't mind paying 25 bucks to fly to those cities to then fly back to the U S. Yeah. So we paid, I think from Madrid to Budapest, we paid $35 each for a flight. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, it's just so cheap. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So those are our plans for the rest of the summer. Uh, and we're really, really excited. Uh, we do both possibly maybe have a small trip at the beginning of November instead of going right back, but uh, those haven't really been figured out yet, so uh, we're not going to talk about those, uh, but possibly maybe we might be going somewhere, and we might be doing it actually like solo trips, so you might go away for a week on your own, and I'll go somewhere on a week by, by myself, because we live together, we work together, and we travel together, and we love each other very much, but sometimes it's, it's fun to go out, and you know, it's a different type of travel if you do it on your own, so how... Like, I think this, you know, could be like the last point that we talk about, but I know that female solo travel is sort of like, there's a lot of girls who are kind of like afraid to do it, or they're just kind of like worried about it. What are your feelings, uh, on traveling alone? I feel good. I, I mean, you know, I've done a little bit before by myself and I think I have a big advantage of, you know, we've traveled together so much and when we do travel together, it's long-term and I have to do, I feel like I've gotten a nice bridge because, you know, when we're, when we're traveling together, I still have to go to the store by myself. Mm -hmm. I still have to walk around. I walk home late at night by myself, but I know you're always there. (laughs) So I feel like I've had a really nice bridge of, um, of going into this by myself. And I don't know, I've just, I've, I've never been afraid of traveling by myself and I'm sure there are some situations that oh no I do not like sleeping by myself (laughs) that's gonna be a whole different that's gonna be a whole different thing but other than that like during the day I'm I I I like being by myself except sleeping by myself is gonna be very scary (laughs) yeah I yeah I mean I'm definitely excited for that trip just because I actually haven't solo traveled much. I've always been, I mean, even before we met, I've always traveled with friends or with other people. And so I've never really had the chance to travel by myself much. And so I'm really excited to try that out and see what's up. Um, But yeah, with that, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you for, uh, you know, listening to this episode. If you like this, if you like us talking about kind of like what we're doing and where we're going, uh, please shoot me an email uh, and let me know. You can find me at midco at thatremotelife.com. Just shoot me an email there. Um, and I read all emails and I'll respond. Um, and yeah, let me know if you like this. Uh, but yeah. And let me know if you want to hear more of me. Oh, yeah. If you like Sarah being on. I got uh, jokes. Yeah, her, your jokes are not very good. But Rough. <laughs> you got Give dad the people jokes. what they want. <laughs> you got dad jokes except they're like girlfriend jokes. Uh, but yeah, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you are going to be in any of those destinations that you heard us mention that we're going to be in, uh, yeah, shoot me an email about that as well or just message us on Instagram. I'm at Mitkoka, M-I-T-K-O-K-A. And Sarah, what is your handle? You don't know. Well, I do, but I'm going like to let you. It's like the equivalent of Life not of Sarah Jane. I know that. Uh, Sarah with an H.
Sarah with an H. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening and have an awesome rest of your day. I love you, my fans. Bye.